All right. Welcome for our today's Tandem Coaching Academy's podcast, Keeping Agile Non-Denominational. Here's your co-host, Sheree Silas and I, Alex Kudner. And today we have a special guest. We have Pradeepa Narayanaswamy. And I want to start with one of the feedback to her books I read on Amazon. Pradeepa is a fearless leader, advocate, and a coach. And she is encouraging dialogue around infertility. Her work deftly explores the deeply personal and intimate side of issues surrounding fertility for all involved, bringing a desperately needed holistic approach to health, healing, happiness, and fulfillment. I consider this a must read for anyone experiencing fertility challenges and their loved ones. Pradeepa, welcome. And our first question for you, how did you get on the path of fertility coach? Yeah, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sheree, for having me. It's, it's been my absolute honor to be here with you today. Um, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a really interesting question, Alex. Um, it actually, you know, believe it or not, this aha moment or you know, this insight happened at an Agile conference in the Agile 2017 conference, actually, in Orlando. <clears throat> because uh, until then, I had my, my private practice. You know, I'm, 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 in, I'm an Agile coach, enterprise coach, and all those good stuff. But I, you know, I ventured into life coaching um, in 2015-16. In 2017, I was, uh, you know, was attending the conference, and one of my dear friend who knew about my venture asked me, like Pradeepa, what's, uh, you know, what's new, or like, what are you? He kind of asked me around this, like, uh, what am I specializing in, right? Um, you know, as as a coach, and that was uh, that was really interesting for me because I never thought about like, oh, there is there is a specialty needed, or I can do that. Um, and somehow at the time, I was just answering him, and I wasn't sure where that words came from. I was kind of talking to him about like, hey, I wanted to work with, um, you know, women just like myself, you know, in, in you know, women of color, just like myself to, to bring the best out of them. And I wanted to work with underprivileged people to, you know, to, to really support them. And out of nowhere, Alex, I, I, I just, the word came out, like I wanted to work with people who are going through infertility. And when I said that, it, it was a male friend and he did not know anything about my past. And he kind of looked at me a little bit funny and uh, he wasn't sure what I was talking about because he didn't know the extent of uh, uh, my experience with that. And we, 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 he smiled um, and you know we, we, we chatted other things and that, that but then I was reflecting back on that and I thought like, where did that come from? Like, why did I say that, right? Like, because there's such a personal thing for me and why did I say that out loud? And guess what? Like any good agilist would do, I decided to experiment on that insight. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, you know, you know, you've both have been to these conferences and Sheree has been a prominent speaker at this conference. You know how many people we get to meet or how many people come to these conferences, right? So many new people. So what I decided to do was, okay, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to introduce myself to new people that don't know me in these three different ways. 
One is, you know, women empowerment coach. The second one is, you know, underprivileged, you know, empower, empowerment coach. And the third one is infertility coach, right? Wanting to work with people. And I did that. I did, I did that in Orlando for the, for the four or five days I was there. And every time when I say that I'm working with people, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm working with people, wanting to work with people going through infertility, there was something like there was physically something happening in me. Like there was a reaction in me, right? Like it was like my heart was beating faster. There was like butterflies in my stomach. And there was something about that uh, that's showing up different. And I've been observing that. And I thought like, wow, what is, what is this? Like, what is the universe trying to tell me? And believe it or not, at the end of the conference, I felt so, you know, I don't know what, what is the word that I'm looking for. I felt, I felt so called for, right? Yes. You know what? This is something that the universe is trying to tell me. And that's who I am going to be. And that's who I'm going to become. And you can go and check my LinkedIn uh, post. And after the Agile conference, I came back home and I wrote this article in LinkedIn. At that time, I had about like close to 4,500, 4,000 people, which is a lot of people, and claiming my niche as an infertility coach. It was such a push for me to write that post because it's, it's not a professional thing. It's, it's talking about some of the struggles and, and pains and the journey that I've had and wanting to do something about that, right? Not for me. It's not about me being the victim to infertility, but how do I take my ownership and apply it and help other people who are going through something similar in their lives right now. And that post, to my surprise, I didn't know, right? Like I was kind of like one of the vulnerable things that I have ever done, uh, you know, in LinkedIn. And I wasn't sure what's going to happen, how many people are going to think what they can think of me, what they are going to comment. But it got overwhelming response, overwhelming support from people I know, people I don't know. Uh, people were talking, sending me messages about how, uh, you know, how, how much respect they have, how much appreciation they have, because they have seen their sister going through this. Uh, they have seen one of the persons said, like, they know that their parents have gone through this, even though they're really old now, but they know that because their parents had talked about their struggles going through infertility. So like that, people are able to relate. And I thought like, wow, you know what? It's, it's like, it's like, you know, the universe has called me to do something more meaningful. Yes, yes, I'm a, I'm a coach, but I also wanted to support people through something that I have, I have really struggled through. So that, Alex, was a long story to, to the beginning of uh, my specialization with uh, supporting people going through infertility. That is um, such a great story. And I remember I remember that conference with you. And I remember us talking about that. And it was like, that's really interesting. Um, in my own path, my, I can remember my mom having a miscarriage. My daughter cannot um, get pregnant even after surgery. And I have a close colleague who's been going through the same thing. And people don't know, they, they don't realize we go to work 
and, and we're supposed to leave that at home somehow. Yeah. Um, so it's beautiful that you're doing this. And I'd love to understand the reaction that the corporate community has given um, in this support of infertility. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I, it's still, you know, the, uh, in my honest opinion, it's still a conversation, more conversation needs to be had, right? A lot of people understand that very much from the personal side of things, right? Because either it has affected them personally. You know, Sheree, I know you said, like you already mentioned three people in your life that has gone through this miscarriage you know, I'll, I'll give you some statistics, right? One in three women go through miscarriage in her life. One in three, which is so high. And one in eight couples, at least in North America, in the United States, in Canada, it's I believe one in six, go through infertility, right? The rates are so high, right? Many people do not know that when I went through this, you know, I'll, I'll share a little bit about the extent of my journey. Mine was really long, 12 years of journey, 12 years of going through something like this can be really dreary and painful and lonely. And uh, three miscarriages and multitudes of failed treatments, right? So it's a lot, but often, even when I was going through this, I really did not uh, know about how extent this problem is in the world, right? How many people struggle through that? Because when I was going through this, it was, you know, of course, the, the emotions and the, and the feelings are mostly around me and it was about me and why I can't have this and why this is happening to me. But, but a lot of people think from that angle, not realizing that it's, it's a bigger problem in the world. There's so many people who are going through this, right? So I always say this, like if you're in a room full of, uh, you know, people, there are at least 10 people in the room where, you know, they are in that age about to have children or have children. There is a guarantee that one of them, one couple or one of them is, has infertility issues. Yeah. Right? It's so closer than we realize. Yeah, I, I'm those statistics are mind-blowing to me. I, I, I knew that this is a thing, but because it's not my thing, I didn't actually understand how big it is. And, and, and so you're an infertility coach. And while that's really, really cool, I'm not sure I understand what you do. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about what that, what that actually looks like in practice? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for that question. A lot of people do not, right? Because when I say I'm, I'm, I'm work with people going through infertility is I coach them, right? Like if we understand coaching, right? Like helping them see the future, right? Like helping them define what their future wants to be. But I, I'm taking it to people who are struggling with infertility issues meaning I'm meeting them in their point in life where they're struggling with their fertility challenges. And the reason why I decided to do that from do that, you know, as a, as a specialty, because when I was going through this, the kind of support, first of all, I was so hesitant to talk to anybody because there was a lot of shame 
right? There was so much shame that I had to carry through and I couldn't open up to, not even to my own uh, family members, right? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call family members, not even to my own mother, because in my mind, it was about like, mom, you wouldn't understand this because you have me and my brother, right? So it was really hard for me. And for me, the, the shame was kind of uh, really not allowing me to, to open up and to be able to ask or to be able to get support. And what I also was fearing was I am going to get sympathy from people, right? Oh, I'm so sorry you had a miscarriage. Oh, I'm so sorry you just failed an IVF treatment where I'm already feeling sorry for myself. I don't want more of that, right? So that's something that did not, I, I, it prevented me from going for support and help. And, uh, you know, um, one of the other things, uh, I, I did went for a little bit of, um, you know, counseling, and that didn't help because the person that I was talking to, you know, wonderful person, but they didn't have the experience that I, that I, that I had, you know, they haven't gone through. So in my mind all along, I, it was a pretty sour experience for me, nothing against the person, but in my mind, like I was thinking, you have no idea what I'm going through. You have, you have no experience what I'm just experiencing. So I always had that feeling towards this person and more so I did not need therapy because there was nothing technically wrong with me what I felt that was absent for me was a place for me to be myself, for a place for me, myself to explore what's going on for me. And I wanted to actually move forward, not try to look at why this happened, why this is happening to me. I, I'm, I'm past that. I really wanted to know how to get unstuck and actually uh, find a way move forward. And that, was, you know, at that time, by the way, when I was going through this, I was never exposed to professional coaching. I did not know coaching, something like coaching exists. I knew coaching from sports world, but nothing in, in life. So when I, when I, when I, when I, you know, when, when, of course, you know, this, this, this idea came about me when Karthik, my son joined our family, right? Like all along my, my years of struggles with infertility, I wanted to have a family, I wanted to be a mother. And when Karthik came into our picture, uh, that it, it was satisfied. I could have just moved on with my life, but I decided to stop and reflect back. And, uh, you know, okay, I, I could have, you know, I could have just moved on and lived a life, but I didn't want it to. I decided like, there's something that I, that I wanted to do I don't want to ignore this 12 years of journey that I have gone through, the 12 years of pain. And what is that that I wanted to do? And that's when I decided, okay, how can I support people like me who is struggling right now, right? How can I help them give a safe space for them to be themselves, explore what they wanted to explore, help them get unstuck, find their energy and move forward in their life, right? I will never promise that, you know, when you work with me, you have a baby. I'm not a, I'm not a snake oil charmer or snake oil magician, right? But what I promise is 
help you find your own clarity, whatever that looks like. Right? And that, that, was, that was so missing for me personally. I did not know that's what I wanted, but I realized, boy, it would have been so helpful if I had a Pradeepa back then. My journey would have been different. My attitude would have been different. My life would have been different. My relationship would have been different. I would not have avoided going to India for four years in a row because I was so ashamed. I was so afraid of questions to see my own parents. Well, that's an absolutely beautiful story, Pradeep, and thanks for sharing. And what's absolutely fascinating is that, is that just the fact that you put it behind yourself and you find the strength and you found that drive to actually stop, reflect and say, I'm not done until I make this world a better place until I help other people who are in my situation. That's what I'm going to do. That's my calling. That's absolutely beautiful. And what I'm hearing is that there are a couple facets to the work that you are doing. On the, on the one hand, you're of course helping um, other people who are facing same problems, right? And you are coaching them through uh, these situations. And uh, somehow they start showing up more in the organizational context. So it's not like we take our feelings off as we leave our uh, home and go to the office, right? We bring our whole selves there and how we show up and how actually organization ready to meet us, right? And treat us and treat women uh, in these uh, situations is important. So what's your experience in working with situations and uh, what, what are you seeing happening these days? Yeah, and another thing, Alex, I just wanted to add to the statistics, which I think you all will find very interesting. A lot of people misunderstand uh, that infertility is a women's problem, right? So the statistics says 33% is because women have some challenge 33% is because a man in the partnership has a challenge. And the reminder of the 33% is either the combined effort because both the partners have challenge or we don't know what the challenge is, right? So it's called unexplained or combination challenge. So oftentimes, you know, um, it's, it's, a lot of people don't realize that men also equally go through this. Right? And we don't talk about that, right? Like one of the things that I, I always, I, I, I know I've, I've taken special interest is voicing for men. Because of course, for women, there are a lot of support groups available. There are, nowadays there are venues to go to. There are, you know, people to talk to and things like that. But often those are not the same for men, right? So when it comes to organization, right? If they going through that, they bring that whole thing into work as well, right? And often we do not realize that, okay? And um, our organizations, right? Like nowadays, you know, I did the survey that I mentioned to you in our earlier conversation. How many organizations have some kind of policy, uh, HR policy to, to give time off 
for people when they are encountering or when they are having a miscarriage, right? Overwhelmingly, a lot of companies, at least in the United States, I'm gonna talk about United States here because many of the respondents were from United States. A lot of companies do not. There are some companies which are popular in giving, right? Um, of course, Starbucks is a very popular example. If, you, if you're not familiar with that, a lot of people who don't have um, any, uh, uh, you know, uh, any infertility coverage through their other employer, they try to take a side job with Starbucks. It's like a barista or whatever, uh, whatever, you know, Starbucks, um, you know, employment looks like because Starbucks offers that that's, that's a well-known fact in the infertility community, right? Now, more, yesterday I just came across a job for Tesla um, and they seem, they, they, in, their, in their job description, they say we have infertility coverage, right? Um, I know a few tech giants in, in, um, in California, they, they offer that, right? A lot of, I, I seen like in, in the survey that I did, many healthcare systems are offering this kind of coverage or this kind of assistance. Yet, still a lot of other companies in other sectors, people are not aware of that. Yeah. Or people, are, people think that they have to take a PTO. I had to take a PTO. Right. It's a sick leave or a PTO. And if, if you know, if there is not even an, um, how do you even tell your boss? Yeah. Yeah. This is a, it's a, it's a complicated problem um, yeah. for people. And, and you're right. I have, I'm, I'm over these past couple of years, I've seen things like paternity leave and when when you adopt paying yes. helping to pay for that and giving yes. some time off um but i agree it's not enough yeah it's not understand. enough and um, often, like like i think you should you mentioned the tree and um alex you also asked that right our leaders in the organizations right first of all should be should have the awareness of the extent of this problem and should be open for having a conversation, okay? So that they can understand and empathize and help the people in their organization and their team who are going through this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not aware of that. They, many people still think it's a women's problem or it's a hush-hush subject. I'm, I originally come from India. We don't talk about infertility there at all. Now, little by little, like people are talking, infertility means there is something really wrong with you. You're yeah. kind of being looked down. So then this brings up another piece to me that yes, we need to do more. And as someone who hasn't personally experienced it, I'm not really sure what to say or how to react or, or how to be there for other people, you know, my, my, my work comrades, what do I do? Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's such a beautiful question, Shri. Um, you know, the first thing that I always tell people is, right. Tell them, right. Like that you don't understand. Right? Be honest with them. 
I have not gone through this, right? I know of some people, but I have personally not gone through this. So I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that everything that you're saying makes sense to me, okay? But that's on me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about this. I do care, you are my team member. I care about you and I care about your well-being. Right? How can I help you? Right? It's about us creating as a leader, creating a safe space for the person, for the employee to openly come and tell that they are struggling. And this question reminded me of, uh, you know, when I was going through my, my treatments, so the, the IVF, in vitro fertilization, is one of the very complex treatment. It's, uh, it's not only an expensive treatment, but also it's the, the time-wise, you have to be very disciplined. And I remember at the time, you know, my, some of my initial treatments, I was, I was back then working um, in Minneapolis. And after, you know, the embryo has been transferred into your uterus, you, you're required to take two days of bed rest, not moving from bed, right? And I have to use my PTO. And because I was having these treatments kind of, you know, next to next to next, my manager kind of noticed the, the time of pattern that I'm, that I'm taking. And of course he can read some emotions that I bring into the work. And one day he was just asking me like, Pradeep, are you in any pain? He was a male manager. He did not know, I did not know what to tell him or how to tell him that. And he kind of know that something is going on with me. So he asked me like, are you in any kind of pain? Is there anything that I can do to help you? And even that simple statement of acknowledgement, right? It made me that, oh yeah, he cares about me. Yeah. Right? And it yeah. felt, I, I felt better, right? And we can do a little bit more, right? Like if we educate our managers, is there anything that, that you wanted to talk to me about? I'm here for you. Right? Not forcing people to have the conversation, but letting them know that, you know, you're not going to judge them. Yeah. Right? Thank you. You're not going to, you know, think about, think something badly about them just because, right? That itself can be super powerful for people. So I'm wondering, and, and thanks for that. Um, it's my personal experience when I had an employee um, and she was open about uh, miscarriage and uh, I really didn't know what to say beyond just, I'm sorry what I can do and how I can help, right? Um, so I'm wondering for our coaching audience, for those who are listening, who are coaches and who are interested in uh, maybe some niches and exploring, uh, what does your engagement look like? Uh, how does it go? How, how you maybe get client, how you go through the process and what it, it, it results in? Yeah, so majority of my, my clients, um, by the way, I do, even though I specialize in infertility, my, 
there are other clients who are not going through fertility challenges as well. Um, so one of the things when I started niching in this area, I actually, um, I'm sure Shri is very familiar with that. Like, you know, I went and spoke um, in different conferences or fertility related conferences. You know, I, I had booths in those conferences, again, to spread awareness that this is something that's available for people as a support. Um, I also wrote a book about it. Um, it's a very coaching related book. So because I'm a coach, I don't want it to just give advice, but rather the book has a workbook associated with that where I wanted to help people create and craft their own journey, uh, how they wanted to own their own journey, how they wanted to take control and ownership of it. So the book is available. And I've also um, partnered with a few doctors in the industry who I can connect with. And again, these are doctors who don't see the person as a medical entity, but rather they see the person as a whole person. And I, because like I, I went, when I went through this, I went through, I had five different doctors in my, in my own journey. And I, not any, I mean, like many of these doctors, right. I would say, just saw me as a medical entity, a woman with unexplained infertility, right? Whatever, like, you know, you, you're, you're labeled like that. And sometimes that, that doesn't, you know, it's, it's sometimes that takes the, the, the humane aspect away from, from, you know, from going through this, it's really hard. And, uh, that is something, you know, like uh, I, I, I was able to find some amazing doctors in our community and um, was able to partner up with them and have my information available for their patients. And I do webinars for them. You know, I do send books for them, right? So it, the service that I'm doing is more about creating that awareness and helping people know that there is more than one kind of support. Because often what happens is, you know, when, when an infertility patient has some kind of emotional reaction or some emotional need that is unmet, they call the doctor's office, uh, the nurse or whoever it is, what they do is they just send them to a counselor. Like, yeah, go have a counseling session. I had that too. And what I found was not everybody needs counseling because you know, the, 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 the core coaching belief that, you know, we all share is as humans, we are not broken. I don't see us as a broken entity, right? Just because I, I have something going on in my life doesn't mean that I'm a broken person. So that's why it never resonated with me because it, it comes from the aspect of there is something wrong with me and it needs to be treated. But rather, from coaching angle, there is nothing wrong with you. This is something that you're just going through in your life right now. How can we acknowledge that? And I see you as a whole person, a creative person, a resourceful person, and let's use your wisdom to help move forward. Mm. It's a whole different way of looking at that person. And uh, the people, the doctors who, who understand that are the ones sometimes, you know, like let, refer my name. Right? Yeah. It's, I would say, right, like I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going, I'm going to be very transparent with you. Still, a lot of people, right, 
who, who can definitely benefit from this are still very hesitant. Right. So um, thank you for saying that because I had a really huge revelation here that um, about the counseling versus coaching. Not everybody needs that. And, and it's a really big revelation for me. And so I'm sure it's a really big revelation for some people who are listening today. And as a professional coach, what advice would you give them about getting involved in, in doing this kind of work? Yeah. I always, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> to me, it, it definitely took a lot of courage. Right? It definitely took a lot of courage for me to step into this. So, and Sheree, again, like I'll go back to the Agile conferences because for whatever reason, these conferences had molded and made me the person, right? Like I'm so grateful for that. I said 2017 is when I, I, you know, I decided this niche, but 2016 Agile in Atlanta, Agile 2016 in Atlanta, I did two sessions that year. And for one of my sessions, that was the first ever time in the whole wide world, except for me and my husband and my, my, my parents and my mother-in-law, nobody knew about our infertility struggle, right? Kartik was not back in the picture then. Like we were, we were after the conference, we were actually going to India and bring him, right? The conference happened in July, 2016. August, we were traveling to India to bring Kartik home. But for that, in, the, in, in, in one of my session, right, the backstory, the first five minutes of my intro, why I'm doing this session on passionate listening, the backstory was my, my journey with infertility and how it made me a better listener, a passionate listener. And that was the first ever time in room full of 250 strangers Somehow I found my courage until that minute before I went to stay. Should I say the story or should I just make something up? Should I say my real story or should I some make something up? Whatever happened, I found my courage and shared that. Right? So it's finding my courage. And I, to my clients, I always say this, right? Like there is a difference between fear and courage. I'll share this. Fear is peeing your pants. Courage is doing what you need to do in peed pants. Fear is peeing your pants. Courage is doing what you need to do with peed pants. Well, that's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Pradeepa, uh, I'm so glad that we have you today. Uh, it's not really often we meet such a courageous uh, such a courageous woman, such a courageous human being who uh, carries this uh, hard and traumatic experience, uh, overcomes it, and actually finds strength and perseverance to help others in the same situation and uh, find her calling and find her, find her next, next move in helping others, that's absolutely beautiful. So what's next for you? What's going on for you as a professional these days? Yeah, so, so before I answer that question, Alex, I just wanted to, you know, I know I wanted to finish Sheree's question, right? Don't, 
don't hold back, right? It's really difficult as professional coaches, right? Um, find the courage. We all have it. Just find it and go with it. Because when, when you put yourself out to the world, the world actually receives it more beautifully than you really know. Right? I, I am a living truth for that. Right? On how our agile community supports me, how my Facebook community, the social media, my friends, the family, right? People who I, I don't even realize would support me, supports me. Right? But first, we have to put ourselves out there. Thank you. So thank you, Sheree, for that question. Um, so what's next for me? I will continue, right? Like one of one of the one of my aspirations is to is to create that awareness, is to create that dialogue, right? I like I said uh, last year, I ended by ended my year uh, by doing this this um, talk at Credit Karma uh, for their DEI group with. 35 wonderful people to hold space for them to have this tough conversation, right? And I wanted to do more of that in organizations so that more people feel empowered, right? Have the knowledge and understand the implications. Because let's just talk, talk from just the business perspective, right? If, if there is an organization who are having people who are going through these challenges and it affects productivity. Who are we kidding here? How they show up at work. We don't realize that. So how do we take care of that? How do we rectify that problem, right? How do managers and leaders and team members and colleagues, right? Create a safe environment for people to have this kind of a dialogue. Right? To be empathetic, not sympathetic, to be empathetic. Right? And not and create an environment that's that's non-judgmental. Right? So that's 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 where my heart is earning, right? Like I want to talk about this in more organizations to create an environment where more organizations are coming together and partnering and supporting this, not just a, a line item in their HR policy. Right? That doesn't do it, in my, in my honest opinion. Yeah. So how can people who are interested or organization that, can, that are interested can contact you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah. The, with regards to fertility coaching, uh, the best way to contact me is through my website. It's pradeepafertilitycoach.com. Or for organizations, you know, my LinkedIn, right? Pradeepa Narayanaswamy, they can find me easily in LinkedIn. And that's another way to contact me. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Pradeepa, for coming today. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic conversation. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm sure Sherry will join me. Uh, and uh, I hope that our listeners were enjoying this conversation as much as we did. So thank you for being here. Thanks. Thank you for spending time with us. And uh, we all are wishing you a lot of success uh, in this hard and very noble undertaking that you are bringing to the world. Thank you. 
Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Shree. I, I really you know, appreciate you giving me this platform today uh, to, to talk openly. And uh, thank you for being curious. Thank you for, for opening uh, this conversation for other people. And who knows, there may be people here and there who hear this and uh, wanting to claim a niche that they were hesitating to claim. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And this was Tandem Coaching Academy's Keeping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. I, Alex Kudnov and Shuri Silas. Goodbye.